Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello there and welcome to It's an S-Pod Thing the podcast revisiting every episode of S Club 7's insane TV show. I'm Sophie Davis, and joining me on this journey from Miami to Spain will be a range of guests who may or may not have seen the show before. Either way, we're going to analyse it in more detail than anyone ever asked for. If you're an S Club fan like me and remember watching the show, hopefully this podcast will bring it all back to you. So my guest on the podcast today is Helen Monks. Hello. Hello. So you're a returning guest from series one. Uh, When you last saw S Club 7, they were working at a hotel in Miami. And Mm -hmm. I think in the episode you came for, they were like going to see some dolphins and were really uninterested in them. Um, (laughs) But now they're living in L.A., and they're starting to actually have some success because they have got a proper manager. They've now got a record deal as of the last episode. So what were your initial thoughts on this episode compared to the last one you saw? What do you think it was? What did you enjoy it more or less? Any sort of changes you noticed at all? It's been quite a narrative ellipse. Like you say, when I last saw them, it feels like there's been a lot of progression. And obviously, if I'd have had the time and and the foresight, I would have probably watched every episode in between like you've been doing. But um, but no, it was like quite a big jump. And I've got to say, I thought it was really good. I think I was very underwhelmed by the last episode. I maybe was a bit snooty about it and didn't think that it was necessarily the, the best dramatic, you know, piece of art I'd ever seen. Whereas this, I thought they were really good at acting. Mm. It was a good structure. There was a beginning, middle and end, clear journeys. <laughs> yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. What did you think? Yeah, the, the bar's quite low, isn't it? When we're like, it had a beginning, <laughs> middle and end. <laughs> it's come so far. I agree. I think they're definitely much better actors now. You can tell they've got more confidence. Like, I do mm-hmm. feel for them a bit because in series one, the acting's quite bad, but they mm-hmm. have literally just been thrust into this TV show. They're, they're generally, you know, not trained actors or anything. So you would be a bit nervous and sort of, saying lines in a weird way I think there definitely has been some improvement yeah and I wonder if if they've sort of had the shake-up of that and it's actually I remember when I did an episode of um I won't name the show but it was an episode of like a very long-standing medical drama and everybody Mm -hmm. on that you could tell that they've been doing that job for 10 years and they literally were just like messing around and then they'd go action and they'd snap into character and they'd be making because they were it was like a day job it had become like a day job and I feel like with this Mm -hmm. they're probably Probably at the point where all of the fear and anxiety and worries have just completely gone. They are so just like at home now. And um, I don't want to say they don't care about it anymore, but I feel like there was definitely a a laid backness to it, which, uh, which I enjoyed. So today we're talking about Hollywood 7 episode 5, 
which is called The Kiss, and it aired on CBBC on the 25th of October 2001. So going by the date, I guess it's technically a Halloween episode, and it is, it's pretty horrifying because it's the one where <laughs> Hannah and Paul kiss each other. But yeah, we'll come to that later when it happens in the episode. Um, I remember the kiss being quite a big deal at the time, but I, I didn't remember that it was literally just a one episode thing and it got resolved via hypnosis. I have no memory of that. I was reading about it and apparently it was in their contracts that they signed for this show that they had to essentially... Well, this is the thing. I don't want to ruin what's coming up for the rest of the series, but they seemed to sign a contract that said they would be in a relationship with each other. Um, and then yeah. their real life relationship sort of happened because they'd signed a contract saying that they would pretend to be in a relationship with each other. And they probably were like, well, while we're here, we might as well. Yeah, I read that because it was, I think it was an interview with Paul not that long ago, like a year or two ago. Yeah, and... in the G2 magazine. Yeah, and the headlines were quite like Paul Catamol claims he was forced to date Hannah Spirit but from what he was actually saying it didn't seem no, that simple that like was you the sun spin on it wasn't it yeah <laughs> like you said it it seemed from what he was saying that it was like they were sort of contractually obligated <laughs> to have this storyline in the show and then mm. announce that they were a couple and then that sort of turned into a real relationship because looking back at it, it seems like they did date for quite a few years. And like after he left the band as well, it carried on. Yeah. Um, and then she seemed to break up with him and start dating someone from uh, Primeval, that dinosaur show she was in. And again, he says in that interview that it's her agent. He believes that her agent told her to do it or something. But again, it's slightly spun in the son's version of it, where it's like she was forced by her agent to go and date an actor for her career. But what he says yeah. is, oh, she probably might have been influenced by something that someone had said I can imagine though for Paul it must be a bit trippy if you sign a contract saying you're going to be in a relationship with someone and then you realize oh my god I'm actually in a relationship with this person and I guess we have the equivalent all the time now on things like Love Island don't we where it's simulated for entertainment but then if you're a human being you are probably gonna start to develop feelings for that person one way or the other either by falling in love with them or growing to hate them yeah definitely I like how in the Wikipedia description of this episode it starts with reflecting real life events it's like I don't think it happened this way in real life I don't think they had a kiss and then got hypnotized into not fancying each other anymore (laughs) yeah it's so true and I love that um the hypnosis is really really effective not just in terms of actually changing their attitudes to each other but sending them to sleep and then being able to wake them up immediately like it's it's quite an impressive skill yeah and it's kind of not clear whether like have they forgotten that the kiss even happened like how how effective was the hypnosis because I have watched I've watched a few episodes after this and it doesn't come up again as far as I've seen (laughs) so who knows what they think I was going to ask, so without giving too much away, does the relationship develop in the series or is this or is this it? Is this the thing they signed the contract to do was to have a snog? I'm not sure. Like I said before, um, 
you know, thinking back on it when I was a child, I thought it was more of a big thing. And like here, it does just seem to be a one episode story. Mm. Um, I've watched a few episodes on and it doesn't come up. I don't know if it's going to come up again in the future because in the next series of the TV show, Paul leaves the band as part of the show. So I don't know if they're going to sort of rekindle anything in the show before that. Who knows? I'll have to see. Oh my gosh. Well, I can't wait to find out. I'll have to keep listening and and see what happens. Yeah, it was very dramatic. And I don't know about you, but the sort of, the kiss for me did come as, I know the episode was called The Kiss, but it came as a big old surprise. I feel like they were just having a chat and then suddenly their mouths were completely open and locked. It was quite intense. And I thought, oh, this is a bit, maybe 12A rather than PG-13. Yeah, it seems quite, you know, grown up. And well, yeah, we'll get to what they're talking about as well later on. But on a different note, the episode starts with Rachel and Joe discussing how they want to get a pet for the house because that's the other storyline in this episode. Like, (laughs) we sort of go back and forth between the kiss and the pet dilemma. And I I kept forgetting that the pet thing was going on. And whenever we cut back to it later, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Talking about getting a dog for some reason. Don't you think they were in a writer's room and they thought, well, we know we've got the kiss. We just need something that's really trivial and benign to fill the rest of the 20 minutes because I completely agree it felt so arbitrary and really underdeveloped (laughs) definitely and I like how it starts with Rachel sort of shaking Joe awake really abruptly and then she just goes this is a great house isn't it (laughs) like that was a reason to wake her up (laughs) If, if one of your flatmates did that would you be pleased I don't know I do live in a nice flat but you are right also it kind of annoyed me because they were saying god it's always messy and we don't tidy anything up and it doesn't look like that at all it looks lovely yeah they've only just moved in and it seems quite nice so far it is a kind of running thing that everyone in the band is just really messy but yeah it doesn't really seem to have come into effect in the house although they are complaining about it because yeah joe says like oh there is one problem with the house and rachel's like oh is it because we have to share with the boys or because it's always messy and joe's like no we need a pet she says <laughs> uh, uh, ass in ass without a pet so good like good luck to all the american kids watching the show at the time <laughs> and uh they're both keen on getting a dog they say they want a mongrel with cross eyes and Joe does a sort of weird cross-eyed face <laughs> for ages and Rachel's like, but you look better like that. <laughs> so they bring this idea to the rest of the band and John isn't keen. He says, dogs want lots of attention. It'll be just like having another Rachel. Uh, and Tina kind of says that she she wants a big, fluffy, woofy dog that runs around making noise and causing lots of chaos. And at this point, Bradley sort of stumbles in and trips over a load of stuff. And they're all kind of like, yeah, exactly. We don't need a dog. We've got Bradley. (laughs) This was the point at which I was like, wow, this series has really stepped things up a gear since I last watched it. Like the classic comedy, the pratfalls, referring to people as dogs. Like it's comedy gold. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. You can tell there are a lot more comfortable and the banter seems a bit more I don't know a bit more natural yeah and for CBBC I think comparing Bradley to a dog I just imagine being 12 you'd absolutely wet yourself it'd be so funny 
Yeah, I like Bradley's little personal storyline in this episode. He he says at this point that he is up for getting a pet, but he'd rather have a cat because they're more cool and chilled out. And yeah, this kind of sets up the two different conflicts in this episode. There's the pet situation and the kiss that happens later. Uh, at this point, the doorbell goes and they all shout, doorbell, and the last person to shout it has to answer the door, which is a good idea, I think. <laughs> Yeah, and it's Tina, isn't it? Tina's last. She's really, really delayed. You think, is she okay? Is she drunk? Like, there's <laughs> such a gap between them all shouting doorbell and Tina going, doorbell! Yeah, she's thinking about something else. <laughs> but she answers the door and it's uh, their manager, Dean. And I, he walks in and goes, looking good. And Tina's like, oh, thanks. And he goes, no, I meant me. <laughs> What a joker. Yeah, and Tina's kind of like, oh, right. (laughs) But yeah, he's come over because he says the record label is going to throw them a big party to to celebrate their record deal, which they got in the previous episode. Mm. And he tries to teach them about LA conversation technique because he tells them they're too British, doesn't he? Like, they're too Mm. humble, they're not enthusiastic enough. And they talk about giving something some welly and he doesn't understand because that's such a British thing to say. And he's like, why would you be a welly boot? And then does he talk about chutzpah and someone says, bless you? Yeah, he says, you have to breathe confidence, pizzazz, chutzpah. And they're like, bless you. (laughs) Bless you. Again, comedy gold. I was really like, okay, things have stepped up. I'm here for this. You have to impress them. So I want to run through your L.A. conversation technique, okay? Casual conversation at a dinner party, part one. You are approached by a record executive. So, John, good news on that record deal, huh? Oh, thank you very much. You are going to be huge, very successful band. Well, you know, if everything goes to plan, then hopefully, yeah. Hopefully? That is so British. I mean, what is hopefully? Everyone in this town is hopeful. You guys, you're going to be big stars. I mean, you have to act like it. There are homeless guys on the street that sound more like stars than you. Actually, most of them were stars once, but (laughs) that's L.A. for you. All right, Dean. Get the message, man. You've got to be much more upbeat. Ah, give it some welly. Right, exactly. Give Give it some what? Welly boot. It's a technical term. All right. Then give them some... Really boot. <laughs> you guys have to breathe confidence, pizzazz, chutzpah. Bless you. Yeah, I quite like Dean. I think he's got a good dynamic with the band and he's he's got something to do in each episode. He seems to be having a good time, I think, the actor. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, he's really given it some... It's when he sort of puts his leg up on a... Oh, I can't demonstrate on a podcast, but you know that very classic manly... It's a, put your it's leg up partridge. and lean in. Yeah, lean into your groin. <laughs> He's got one of them. Yeah, at this point, Hannah randomly walks in because she wasn't there until now. I'm not sure why. There's no reason why she wasn't in the scene. (laughs) But she walks in and, yeah, she's like, we have to give it some welly. And they have to explain to him what that means. We then go to the party where they're actually, you know, trying out this L.A. conversation technique. Rachel and Tina are talking to some sort of important record label guy and they keep sort of like hitting him don't they like that's what they think enthusiasm is like they keep jabbing him and hitting him in the chest yeah exactly slapping him about 
he's quite he's quite cool about it that guy um hugo the the record guy he's quite up for well not up for it but you know he doesn't he doesn't yeah. call the police for assault or anything like that yeah he's quite a big guy isn't he i think he can take it but he's a, a little bit unnerved and he sort of walks away afterwards looking a bit concerned because they I think Tina she sort of grabs him by the lapels and is like we're gonna take the music industry by the scruff of the neck and slam it against a wall and she like shoves him and Dean (laughs) has to sort of pull them away from him like please go run now (laughs) it's true and they're wearing some great early 2000s outfits as well Rachel's got a sort of pink tie-dye long sleeve top and Tina is wearing a sort of low-cut black top with a thin red scarf (laughs) back in the time where I remember I used to have like a drawer of like scarves oh my god not you know not winter scarves like sort of shiny sparkly like decorative scarves you'd wrap them around your neck like very tightly wouldn't you like um like a choker and then they dangle down do you know what though with these costumes they looked so good and I realized it's because 90s fashion I guess this is probably early noughties isn't it but that kind of fashion yeah. has come back around in like a vintagey way which made me feel so old yeah they're quite well I think it, I think there's mixed results I'm I'm not really a fan <laughs> of what Hannah and Paul are wearing but I think Tina and Rachel look good here they pull it off they pull it off Tina's little uh, scarf yeah we need to bring those back Claire's accessories scarves (laughs) John is talking to some guy who asks him how he would define S Club 7's sound and he like reels off a big list of genres and John goes I just like to call it music and the guy's (laughs) like wow that's good and John's really pleased with himself I think it's quite arrogant for him to call S Club 7. Essentially, he's saying it's genreless. I think it is yeah. so poppy. Like, come on, dude, who are you kidding? Yeah, like, we don't fit into any of those boundaries, man. <laughs> so experimental. <laughs> and at the same time, Bradley is talking to a young woman, as per, uh, he's telling her the band doesn't really have a lead singer. Which I mean, that's clearly a lie because it's it's obviously Joe. Like she she gets the lead <laughs> on most of the songs. Sometimes it's Rachel. Sometimes it's Bradley. It's rarely one of the others. But no, Bradley's like, ah, oh, you know, we don't really have a lead singer. And she tells him that he looks like a lead singer because he seems to have a leadership quality. So mm-hmm. then he tells her that he is actually the lead singer. The others just don't realize it yet. <laughs> And he also tells her that she's really cute in this way that is so realistic. You feel a bit, I just felt a bit like, oh God, I shouldn't be here watching this conversation. It was so, particularly for CBBC, I thought it was just a bit of an insight into someone's date. I was like, oh, we should probably be leaving them to it. Yeah, if anything, there's probably more chemistry in this conversation than there is in the one with Hannah and Paul later <laughs> yeah, on. So true. So true. That's the love story we deserve. Bradley and this girl who we will we probably then never, never see, see her again. again. Yeah, it's so disappointing. I was like, bring her back. Bring her back. And I, I like his confidence. He's the lead singer of the band. The others just don't know it yet. <laughs> I want a Bradley takeover. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Uh, Joe and Hannah are talking to a guy who says he's big in China and the American market doesn't really mean anything. 
And I, yeah, I was thinking at this point, I'd love it if the next series of the show was China 7 and the band were trying to make it in China. Because from what this guy has said, like, oh yeah, we've made it in America now. Let's go and do China 7. But unfortunately, <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. Well, maybe that was proposed. Maybe this was a producer trying to plant the seeds for for the next series. And that's when things fell apart. They thought, we've got to let this die now. We're not going to do the whole globe. Yeah, I wonder if the band had decided to stay together longer, they could have just kept doing different places. <laughs> that would have been quite fun because it would have been, I guess, them in America is kind of like fish out of water, isn't it? So if they went mm-hmm. to China, that would be even more extreme. Yeah. Do a bit of globe trotting, go to Russia, go to where else could they go? <laughs> oh, I'd love an Australian one. That would be fun. Down under. I feel like we've missed out. We deserve these different series of the show. Because <laughs> in the next series is called Viva S Club and they're in Spain for some reason that I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Which seems like a bit of a random choice. I wonder again if this was the band saying, we want to go to Spain now. Because you would, wouldn't you? If you were that level of famous, <laughs> just say, I think this should really be filmed in Spain. Yeah, it's a bit closer to home as well. They don't have to travel so far. Yeah. yeah. Don't have to be massively jet-lagged for the entire time they're filming. (laughs) Paul and Hannah wander off from the party a bit and have a conversation. Never had a dream come true is playing in the background. (laughs) Uh, So lame. They're both wearing interesting outfits. Paul (laughs) is wearing a sort of ridiculous hat I'm not sure what that type of hat's called it's like a sort of like a baker boy hat or something that sounds that sounds right and a shirt with a tie that's really loosely tied like the sort of cool kids used to wear in school (laughs) like the knot is like by his stomach and (laughs) Hannah is dressed entirely in a sort of muddy orange color with one of those tops that's kind of long sleeved, but then it's like split round the stomach. Yeah, and yeah, she she I think she can pull it off, but I don't think many people would be no, able to pull that off. I was thinking me in one of those. It's like curtains <laughs> for your tummy, isn't it? It's, you really got to have a washboard stomach for that. Yeah, I can't imagine anything worse than wearing something <laughs> like that. It's like I will cover up my arms in their entirety, <laughs> but I will display my stomach to everyone. <laughs> Just my midriff. There it is. Out and about. It clearly worked for Paul, though. He was into it. Yeah, maybe that's what did it. That's why he suddenly fancied her in that moment. He could see (laughs) her stomach on display. It could be one of those Daily Mail headlines that's like, Hannah Spirit flaunts stomach. (laughs) And she's also holding a sort of straw hat, which she's then wearing in the musical number later to top off the nice little muddy orange ensemble with a straw hat. (laughs) But that is what, again, like I did, I admired the the costume choices because they slightly dress them down to then dress them up for the music video. So they have to have the kind of pop starry outfits, but in a more casual way to then, yeah, to then pull off what they're wearing for the music video. Kudos. Yeah. So, so Paul asks Hannah what she's thinking and she gets quite deep by the standards of this show. She's yeah. like, 
we're all chasing fame and success and sometimes I find myself thinking why what's it all for it's quite jarring for considering throughout the whole show so far it's been very like let's get famous we don't want to do anything but get famous it's all we have to do and now in this moment Hannah's suddenly like what's it all for though what's the point Yeah, and it's very meta because you think when they were doing this, they will have been at the absolute height of their fame, won't they? And are we getting an insight into what she's really thinking and feeling about her own career choices? It was, yeah, it was very deep. Yeah, they get real for a minute. (laughs) It's quite jarring in the rest of the episode. And you kind of, you could, well, if you didn't know the kiss was coming, did you kind of see it coming during this conversation or was it absolutely a not at all I just thought this is the <laughs> least romantic situation ever so then when suddenly they were kissing I was like mm, really is that, <laughs> is that the appropriate response Paul to the conversation that you're having with this gal not sure yeah because they're sort of yeah they're talking about fame and Hannah's kind of like oh you know it's all so false you forget who you really are Uh, And Paul is kind of agreeing with her, saying, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. You get famous, you have lots of disastrous relationships, you get married, have a kid. And Hannah goes, yeah, and then you do a tacky photo shoot for Hello Magazine. (laughs) And I I love that because literally last year, Hannah Spirit did a photo shoot in Hello Magazine when she had a baby. (laughs) So when that happened, I was like, yes, planting the seed. (laughs) Maybe that was, that's what gave her the idea. Yeah, she was like, I know that was a negative line, but I'm going to do that. That's what I want to do <laughs> during lockdown, pose with my baby. Aww. And yeah, Paul sort of puts his arm around her, doesn't he? It, it seems very like, no, you put your arm around her, like very kind of directed and not very natural. <laughs> yeah, because I think up to that point, the acting had been so good. And like you say, we'd been we'd seen Bradley with that, woman having a very very good time so this felt a bit like oh dear back to basics but so do so did was this a huge thing at the time then do you remember there being lots of drama around the kiss and the fact that this had happened yeah I think so like this is one of my big memories from the show but as I said before I remember it happening but I don't really remember you know the context of it or how it Mm. got resolved and yeah, I think it must have been a big sort of a big topic in the playground at the time. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. And yeah, that because they start kissing and the music sort of swells and then they open their eyes and sort of lock eyes with each other while they're kissing <laughs> and go Ugh, and like jump away from each other. <laughs> it's like their body sort of took over. And then their minds come back into reality and go, what's happening? It's a very, very un-sexually charged kiss. It doesn't feel like there's chemistry. It feels like a complete slip and accident. Yeah, I I couldn't look. It was like, I don't know, I felt like I was, it was like watching, I don't know, like some relatives kissing or something. It was a bit weird. <laughs> well, later on, she says he's like my brother. So you think, mm, yeah. is that an appropriate thing to do with your brother? When they opened their eyes, I was like, oh no, this is so awkward. (laughs) (laughs) 
And they start sort of arguing about who kissed who, you know, who instigated it and being all like, does that mean I fancy you? And I like how Paul goes, how could I fancy you? You're Hannah. And she's like, what do you mean by that? (laughs) So it's like, she doesn't want Paul to fancy her, but she doesn't want him to say that she's like unfanciable. Yeah, totally. And it's very, because it's obviously four children. It's It feels like a very childlike, innocent, nice thing for them to go to be explaining their thought process behind it of wait so I've kissed you what does kissing mean why do people kiss one another it's like a sex ed video it's great yeah and Paul is like this is the S club we can't go around kissing each other just because we feel like it (laughs) (laughs) that's one of the rules of the band I think there was an episode before where he mentioned that he'd put together a sort of like a massive list of rules for the band. And I like to think that this was one of them. We can't just kiss each other whenever we feel like it. That's not possible. I think it was as well. A genuine rule from S Club 7's manager was that they weren't allowed to date each other within the band. Because I was reading that then when uh, Paul and Hannah dated in real life, they kept it secret for a really long time because it was technically, like you say, not within the rules of the band, which uh, again are imitating life. Yeah, I read that. It's um, yeah, it's strange, isn't it? Because I think out of all the band, they knew each other beforehand a little bit. I think they did yeah. something together, like like youth theatre or something like that. So yeah. they did have a sort of pre-existing friendship. So it makes sense that they would become a couple, I guess. But yeah. I can understand why, I mean, they talk about this here, don't they, later in the episode, like, we could break up the band, it could get really awkward. Oh, and then it did! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they sort of agree initially, don't they, that nothing happened, so they're not going to tell the rest of the band about it. Mm-hmm. And Paul takes a while to get to grips with it, Hannah has to explain it to him, like, ten times, like... He's like, oh, but something did happen. And she's like, no, nothing (laughs) happened. We're not going to say anything. What happened? You kissed me. No, I didn't. You kissed me. No, I didn't. Did I? Well, someone kissed someone. That's terrible. I know. I didn't mean to. Nor did I. It kind of just happened. Did it? Yeah. But why? I mean, does that mean I fancy you? No. Does it? What does it mean I fancy you? No, no, it can't do. How can I fancy you? I know. Hang on, what do you mean by that? No, no, I mean, you're fanciable and everything, but not to me. To me, you're just Hannah. Exactly. You're Paul. How can I fancy you? I mean, hello. And this is the S Club. We just can't go around kissing each other just because we feel like it. I mean, what if the others found out? What would it be? It would be... It'd be weird. Yes, weirder than weird. Right, listen... It's okay. It didn't happen, all right? Yes, it did. No, it didn't. Oh, I see. You're right. No, nothing happened. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
so they they rejoin the party and Bradley goes up to them with this girl and she asks them if they're Bradley's backup singers. <laughs> I love as well that they don't really, I guess they're so in their heads because of the kiss, they don't question that for a second because he just then takes that woman off and it's never mentioned again. They don't, they don't, they're not annoyed with Bradley for clearly pretending he's the lead singer. They're like, oh, okay, fine. Yeah, there isn't much of a reaction. But then when Tina comes over and asks where they've been, they get immediately really flustered. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then John comes over and is like, what's going on? And they're like, what do you mean what's going on? Nothing's going on. What could be possibly be going on? And their manager comes over and asks what's happening. And Hannah sort of puts her foot down and is like, will people stop asking that? And storms (laughs) off. So they're not, they're immediately acting suspiciously, aren't they? Yeah, it's the classic, let's not tell anyone, let's not tell anyone. Why is everyone asking us lots of questions? (laughs) Just innocently asking what's up and they're like, nothing's up, how dare you? (laughs) But this is what I mean about the beginning, middle and end, like there's things at stake, there's classic dramatic devices like this. I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. I think great dramaturgy. Yeah, I think this episode's definitely got more of a structure than the one you were here for last time, <laughs> where there was all sorts going on, wasn't there? There was stuff to do with dolphins, people like flirting with each other for some reason. Rachel was trying to be a model or something, wasn't she? Yes, that was it. A hand model or something. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> And and a lot of things where you slightly think you're having an out of body experience because it doesn't quite make sense in in terms of like logic or the world. Whereas all of these things were very logical. You know that is absolutely yeah. how Hannah would react. She would be immediately flustered when people asked her what she'd been doing. And yeah, it's more straightforward, isn't it? That we've got like an A plot and a B plot with the whole pet thing. Yeah. No, no, no other sort of weird random things going on. <laughs> no. <laughs> So we then get a performance at the party, which is True Colours. And yeah, it's a good song, but they they literally performed this a few episodes ago in episode one. Did they? And I think, I think this is the first time something like this has happened, because usually it's a different song in every episode of the series. Right. So this this surprised me. I was like, oh, it's this one again. <laughs> Do you think they just later. forgot it was different story editors or something for each episode? So they just, whoops, we've doubled up. Yeah, it's strange because, yeah, sometimes the song gets repeated in like a special or something because it's kind of like a separate thing. But in the series, I'm pretty sure they haven't done this before. So when when True Colours started, I was kind of I was conflicted because I was like, oh, I like this one. But I wasn't impressed that they'd repeated it so soon. (laughs) Do you know what? It made me think because is this a would you say this is quite a famous S Club song? Because I had not come across it before. Um, I think it was one of the singles off this particular album. So it's quite right. a big one, like not an album track or anything. Yeah. And yeah, it's um, Rachel gets the lead, which is always good for a change. Yeah, it made me think though, I don't really know my S Club 7 unless it's Reach. I just, um, I liked <laughs> it, but I'd, ne- I'd never heard it before. I also love because they performed at the party, didn't they? But everybody from the party sort of stood behind them or on the steps to the side and they were very clearly just performing for the camera it was like they didn't even try and cheat it it was just like right we're doing a tv show and everyone else needs to stand here otherwise you'll be in the frame yeah (laughs) 
yeah, there's no crowd gathered or everyone at the party is just not that interested in seeing the performance. <laughs> They've just continued the party elsewhere. Yeah. Hannah's got a little straw hat on, especially for the performance. Love it. Love it. Yeah, it's a good one. And then after the song, we go back to the house where Joe is like, right, we need to sort this pet situation out, which is quite an abrupt change. And <laughs> this was a point where I was like, oh, yeah, that's happening. And is this the point at which they just found a dog? Yeah, because initially, well, there's only four of them in the room and Joe gets them to vote and is like, oh, three people, that's the majority then. Like she tries to find a loophole <laughs> because not the whole band isn't there. But it turns out it's all kind of meaningless anyway, because she's already gone ahead and got a dog. Oh, because I she see. just found one outside. Oh, yeah. No, that's what I thought. I thought I've missed something. Has she gone to a pet shop? Has she gone to a rescue centre? No, no, there was just a dog in the street that she basically stole. Yeah, because she says it must be a stray, but it's wearing a collar. So yeah, she just nicked it from someone. Like, she's napped a dog there. That's that's a legal activity that has taken place. But if you want a dog, you want a dog, you know? Yeah, the res- she needs to do the responsible thing. She needs to see if it's got a microchip. <laughs> Not just, oh, this is our dog now. It's got a collar on. The collar's probably got a phone number on it, but she's just like whipped it off. <laughs> It is otherwise very coincidental that that morning she wanted a dog and then that afternoon there's just a dog on her doorstep that she uh, that happens to be there. Yeah, I reckon off screen, Joe has just gone and nicked a dog from someone. <laughs> oh dear. So yeah, that she's got one and it's really cute to be fair. Even the people who were against getting a dog are won over by it. John thinks it's cute. Bradley is stroking it but kind of going uh it's not a cat and he like (laughs) meows while stroking it I'm with him you know yeah and that kicks in the plot I guess the little subplot of Bradley trying to train the dog into thinking it's a cat (laughs) we've all been there and again I wondered if this was in the writer's room they'd just gone okay so this is what these people are doing this is what these people are doing Mm, what can we give Bradley to do I know, we'll give him a dog that he's trying to turn into a cat. Yeah, like I said, I've seen the next few episodes and thinking about it now, I don't remember the dog being there. Maybe it is and I just didn't notice. That was my other question, was do they keep the dog? Yeah, I'll have to keep an eye out for it because it just occurred to me then that I don't remember seeing it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'll I'll have to like spot the dog in the next few episodes see if they've still got it because at the end of the episode they still own it don't they yep definitely it very abruptly ends with yeah no development (laughs) no cliffhanger no nothing just the dog is still there definitely though yeah knowing this show I wouldn't be surprised if the dog is just never seen again (laughs) and we never get told what happened oh my gosh and here I was thinking oh wow it's really come on leaps and bounds but I guess I've not seen it as a whole I've just seen a little glimpse into one episode I really it does make me want to go on and watch more though because I want to know if the dog reappears or if the dog is just forgotten about yeah, I'll keep an eye out for it in the next episode. Maybe it is there and I just didn't notice the first time. <laughs> so we've they've got this dog now. We then see Paul and Hannah having a brief conversation where they both say that they haven't told anyone else about what happened and they're not going to. Cut to 
Hannah telling Tina about what happened. <laughs> and Tina's kind of like, oh my God, why? <laughs> uh, and bit mean. Hannah's kind of insisting that it didn't mean anything. <laughs> we cut to then Paul telling John about what happened. So they've both just completely gone back on what they promised <laughs> each other. And I like how Hannah and Tina appeared to be shopping in their scene. And in the boys' scene, Paul and John are like really kind of casually kicking a football around like a bunch of lads. <laughs> Just reinforcing all those gender stereotypes at a young age. It's good, healthy. Yeah, I don't think they've ever shown any interest in football before. And you can tell like that they're not enjoying the kicking his ball around. <laughs> no idea what they're doing. Yeah, John tells Paul that kissing someone is nature's way of telling you you like them. <laughs> so Paul is kind of like, oh, maybe I do like her then. Because they still haven't really thought about it that much. They're just like, oh no, that happened. And again, it's slightly sort of disassociating the kiss with any thought process. It's like the kiss happened independently of them and their brains. Because it's like they yeah. did it and then they woke up and realised they were doing it and then their friends are telling them, oh, your mouth just does that if you like someone and then your brain decides whether or not you like them afterwards. Like there's no choice yeah. in it. Because <laughs> it's almost like kind of, obviously they're not going to be drunk because it's a children's programme, but it's almost like it would make sense if they had been drunk and kissed each yes. other because it's that kind of reaction afterwards like oh no I can't believe we did that yeah but yeah as you said it's like they were just possessed for a few seconds <laughs> or something it was just their lips letting them know that they like each other unconsciously <laughs> yeah nature's way of telling you you like someone <laughs> so John promises he won't tell anyone cut to him telling Bradley <laughs> and then we see Rachel telling Joe about it because presumably Tina has told Rachel at some point off screen and I love how the general consensus is that it's disgusting <laughs> like none of them are a fan of this relationship N nobody in the band is like shipping Hannah and Paul at all they're all just disgusted that this has happened <laughs> I also thought they didn't actually seem like madly interested. I just think if that was two of my very good friends, I would be like, oh, tell me everything. How do you feel? Is this a thing? Whereas it was more casual <laughs> than that, wasn't it? It was like, oh, right, gross, move on with our lives. Yeah, because I think doesn't Tina even says something like, oh, if it didn't mean anything, why are you even telling me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very dismissive. <laughs> very dismissive. And then when Rachel's telling Joe, Joe is she looks quite blank and is like, "They what? Ugh. <laughs> Have you said anything? No, I'm not going to. Good. Who are you? No. I'm not saying anything to anybody. Definitely not. Good. You kissed Paul? No, not like that. What do you mean, not like that? <laughs> Either you kissed him or you didn't. Yes. <gasps> what? Oh, my God. You kissed Paul. I can't believe it. Shush, will you? I know, but why? I don't know. That's the point. But it didn't mean anything. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. What are you telling me? I don't know. I just... It was on my mind and I had to tell somebody just to see if it meant anything. But it didn't mean anything. With Paul... It's not. I mean, you've got to be joking. He's Paul. A friend. A distant friend. Exactly. So, um, did you tell anyone else? No. 
We said we wouldn't talk about it to anyone. Okay. You did what? Don't ask me why. It just happened. What, just like that? Well, it doesn't mean anything, does it? Well, I don't know, does it? Well, what could it mean? <laughs> well, it could mean that you fancy her. <laughs> fancy her? Don't be daft. Come on, it's Hannah. Exactly. I mean, that's what usually happens if you kiss somebody. I mean, it doesn't mean you hate them, does it? I suppose not. Well, it's just nature's way of telling you that you like somebody. I mean, if you like someone, then you kiss them, and if you don't, well, then you chase them out of your territory. You didn't chase her out of your territory, did you? Not exactly, no. Well, there you go, then. It must mean that you like her. Yeah, everybody knows. And back at the house, Hannah and Paul are having a conversation because they think the others are suspicious. I mean, I wonder why that is, guys. It's because you've told people who are obviously going to tell the others. Um, So Paul suggests they should start being horrible to each other in an attempt to kind of throw everyone off the scent. (laughs) So, oh, this is the point where we get a scene where Bradley is on the beach with the dog trying to train him to not fetch a stick (laughs) because his logic is that fetching a stick is too doggy. And a cat wouldn't. I mean, he's got a point. Yeah, he kind of throws the stick and obviously the dog goes after it and he's shouting after him like, nah, you're supposed to be a cat. (laughs) (laughs) I quite enjoyed these scenes with Bradley and the dog. Me too, me too. I thought it's nice for him as well to get a bit of alone time, a bit of a break from the group. Again, I wondered if he'd requested it um, from the writers and said, oh, can I just have a few scenes where I don't have to talk to the others? Because... God, it must be a lot of time together. (laughs) Just want a little break. Yeah, need some alone time. Play with the dog a bit, sorted. The dog slash cat. Yeah, I think they don't they don't name it, do they? I don't think we hear a name. I don't think so. Well, maybe because they know it's not going to be in the rest of the series. It's just going to be in this one episode. (laughs) It wasn't worth it. Yeah. Then back at the house, the band are eating dinner talking about how it's possible to eat spaghetti without making a mess uh really interesting conversations (laughs) going on at the dinner table (laughs) and tina says she knows someone who ties the spaghetti on the fork like a shoelace not sure what that means or how that works also if you're using your hands to do that and it's tomato pasta then surely that's going to be more messy than just eating it with your mouth physically tying it with your hands (laughs) Just hands covered in bolognese. <laughs> Delicious. And Hannah thinks it sounds like a good idea. And this made me laugh when Paul really aggressively goes, no, it doesn't. It sounds really daft because he's just <laughs> trying to pick an argument with her for no reason. And that's when everyone else starts to cotton on, don't they? Or at least they go, look, we know, we all know, you know, yeah. we know. <laughs> yeah, the uh, like in Friends, they don't know, we know, we know. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) And yeah, because they're just having a really inane argument. And I think Joe is the one who's like, it's all right, guys. I can't stand this anymore. We all know. (laughs) And then they start arguing again over like who told the secret. But they quite quickly realize that they both told someone else. And they kind of flip quite quickly, don't they? Because they're, they're suddenly relieved. And Paul Paul says, good girl, to her, which is odd. <laughs> and they and they sort of hug, like, oh, it's all right. We both told other people. Never mind. And then because they're hugging, they go, oh, and recoil away from each other again. 
The hug is very odd. Again, it does feel like a director's at the side going, and now you hug and now you recoil. It's like very yeah. um, Pac-Man-y, stood up and hug, hug. Yeah, the way he says good girl, I found weird. Yeah, not great, not great. Very early noughties. And when I was watching it, I kind of thought, oh, that's the end. But it isn't over yet because they're still all talking about it. Hannah and Rachel are discussing it in the bedroom. And Rachel's like, oh, you know, obviously it didn't mean anything. It's not like you use tongues or anything. And Hannah sort of is like, oh, no. (laughs) It was at that point I wanted to rewind and see if they did use tongues. I actually couldn't remember, but I saved myself from doing that. I was like, I've already seen the kiss once. I'm not going to go back. Yeah, I thought exactly the same. I was like, I'm not going to watch it again and like pause it. Can you remember though? I remember it being very open mouthed. Yeah, it was quite brief though, wasn't it? It wasn't like a lengthy kiss. So if they did use tongues, they would have had to release them quite quickly in the kiss. (laughs) Whip them in and out, in and out, shake it all about. And again, that's such a, a sort of childish conversation. Like, again, if you were talking to one of your housemates or something, would you ask them if they'd use tongues? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's serious now because they use tongues. It's more serious than we thought, guys. <laughs> and then after that, Rachel is talking to both of them about it in the kitchen. And she says that maybe they should just go out with each other and see what happens. Because, I mean, as we've we've established, they use tongues. So it's more (laughs) serious than we all thought initially. Maybe they should just date. I love that idea that they just decide, they they kiss once and then they like formally decide, we will now date each other. Like they're going to sign a contract. (laughs) Yeah, neither of them really know how they actually feel. Like, as you said before, it's like they were possessed for a minute. Yeah. And then they're wondering what it means because Paul's worried about breaking up the band Hannah mentions John Lennon and Yoko Ono not really the same but okay (laughs) Um, and Paul mentions Sonny and Cher and Tina who's also there for some reason in this private conversation says Miss Piggy and Kermit the Frog (laughs) (laughs) which is probably a more accurate comparison Yeah, she says, apparently, they ended up hating each other. (laughs) Like the idea that they got together and then that ruined the Muppets somehow. (laughs) But the resolution of this whole thing is that John hypnotises Paul and Hannah into not fancying each other anymore. He says he learned hypnosis from someone at school and he's basically just doing that standard thing of like swinging a watch in front of them and being all like, you're going into a deep, deep sleep. And like we said at the beginning, he actually manages to put them to sleep. And then when he tells them to snap out of it, although he fails to click his fingers, and I think it's Rachel who has to do yeah. it for him. Um, yeah. That does wake them up. So I was thinking if they if they fail to become famous in this story as as pop stars then he's definitely got a career in hypnosis because that's actually genuinely terrifying that he can do that yeah I think occasionally something like this happens in the show particularly in series one where somebody reveals they they have some kind of special power and then it's never mentioned again and it's never used for anything important I have this skill that just happens to resolve the episode I'll whip it out and then never mention it again. 
I wonder how they came to that conclusion. Like, how are we going to... Paul and Hannah are going to kiss, but then they're not going to actually be in a relationship in the show like they are in real life. They're just going to get hypnotised out of it. (laughs) It's really an odd choice. Also, actually, just thinking about it, the fact they had to be hypnotised shows that they do fancy each other, doesn't it? The fact John has to make them not fancy each other through hypnosis... It's quite sad, really. They actually probably do have feelings for each other. <laughs> yeah, that's um, it's put a bleak turn on it. I think because <laughs> they sort of wake up, don't they, and then they start talking about dinner. So yeah, it seems to have worked. Solved the problem. Have they forgotten that the kiss even happened? Who knows? Who knows? Magic. Are you sure you know what you're doing? Yeah. Hypnosis is easy, right? I learned it from someone at school. It's all right, it works. Yeah, it's just a precaution. We'll be fine. You're getting very, very sleepy. Your eyes are getting heavy. And you're falling into a deep, deep sleep. Right. Now, Hannah. Yeah. You don't want to go out with Paul, do you? No. Good. Now, Paul... Paul, Mm? you're not interested in going out with Hannah, are you? No. Now, when I snap my fingers, you're going to wake up and everything will be back to normal. I really hope it comes up again, because I I didn't think it was just a one-episode story, but it it seems to be so far. I think it has to, because if it was in their contract that they were going to be in a relationship with each other, surely that's more than just one kiss. You think they'd milk it a bit more in the show. Yeah. Maybe they're going to be hypnotised again at some point, and then back into fancying each other. That's what happens with hypnosis, isn't it? It's like there's a word that triggers you yes. so maybe some they'll hear a word at some point and then they'll sort of gaze into each other's eyes and remember that they fancy each other <laughs> or both become chickens or something isn't that classic <laughs> hypnosis <laughs> cluck 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 i mean we're asking for continuity from this show and i'm not sure if the dog is even in the next episode so <laughs> this relationship might not make the distance <laughs> and then it's amazing because the hypnosis is so good that then um, Bradley decides to, he's finally found the solution to making the dog a cat, hasn't he? Which is to hypnotise yeah. the dog. <laughs> and he's sort of hypnotising it with a bone, isn't he? Which seems a bit mean. The dog's just <laughs> watching the bone like, I want it. <laughs> and then I can't remember if that's successful. I've sort of blocked it out. Does the- well, he he claims that it is because he he in inverted commas, hypnotises the dog. And then he throws a stick. The dog doesn't go for it. And he's That's like, oh my it. God, it's worked. But Joe kind of butts in and is like, ah, I think the dog, I think the dog's just tired, mate. <laughs> That's it. So That's we'll it. we'll never know. But I like as well how Bradley says, this dog's going to be a rebel like James Dean or Tinky Winky. And he claims that Tinky Winky is the cool Teletubby, the one who thinks all the others are naff. As well, I was trying to work out what age group it's aimed at because it's obviously on CBBC. But I remember when I was maybe even in upper primary school, 
thinking the Teletubbies was the lamest thing ever. So again, I feel like they're in a script room. and They're like, what else do kids like that we can make reference to? The Teletubbies. But when you're like 10 or 11, the Teletubbies are like for four-year-olds. You must feel like, God, Bradley's a bit lame if he's watching the Teletubbies. And they've mentioned it in the same sentence as James Dean. (laughs) (laughs) They haven't really got the age group nailed there. They haven't. They really haven't. James Dean to Tinky Winky. And you know what? The episode ended and I was deeply unsatisfied, which makes me think, I thought, God, it makes me want to watch the next one. Maybe that's quite clever because you're then going to find out what happens with the dog and find out what happens with Hannah and um, Paul. But from the sounds of it, no, that, that is... Their th- that's their version of a resolution and then we just don't come back yeah. to any of these things ever again yeah because it even seems to sort of end mid-conversation doesn't it like they've just rushed this little scene with the dog at the end and joe's kind of like oh it's just tired and then they start fussing the dog and then it ends yeah it's so odd it's like you say like they're halfway through speaking <laughs> so strange yeah also episodes often end with a, a song I don't think every episode does, but it usually sort of builds to a song at the end. Whereas in this one, yeah, we've had a song in the middle. So maybe that's why it feels like a bit of an anticlimax as well. Right. That makes sense. So maybe they just had so much plot that they had to do a really quick cut at the end. And that's why it feels like someone in the edit has literally cut it with a pair of scissors. (laughs) Cut to the credits. Yeah, but MVP of this episode is Bradley, I think. I enjoyed his little story with the dog. He had more chemistry with that woman earlier than Paul and Hannah did throughout the entire episode. (laughs) Well done, Bradley. He had more chemistry with the dog. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, poor Paul and Hannah. They they try their best, but yeah, it, it must be awkward just having to do a kiss on camera when... I mean, if they were actually boyfriend and girlfriend at the time as well, it seems a bit, must have yeah. been very awkward. Well, I was trying to think, were they were they at this point or, or did they become boyfriend and girlfriend? Because even more awkward if they're just friends. Yeah, it's not great either way. Yeah, yeah. Because they've, I think a lot of them in past episodes have had sort of kissing scenes with like other actors, you know, people who were like just yeah. in one episode playing a love interest. But I guess it's different when the other person is like a professional actor mm. rather than it's just two members of the band who've known each other for ages having to have a snog. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if the other if the other members of the band were also on set watching and cheering. I <laughs> Gathered so around. Of, yeah. Go on. <laughs> oh, bless them. So uh, any other final thoughts on the episode at all or any other notes you wanted to bring up? Just that I started this chat with you about it thinking actually it was quite good and I quite enjoyed it and I've got to say I've ended it going hmm there were quite a few plot holes actually and things that (laughs) didn't resolve so it just goes to show that um that you should take everything with a pinch of salt that's the yeah that's the thing with this podcast we've overanalyzed it now and we we haven't enjoyed it as much as we thought we did Yeah, and it was great. So before we finish, uh, where can people find you on Twitter? And would you like to plug anything? I am at Helen underscore Monks on Twitter. And 
I was saying to you before we started this that this will be my third <laughs> podcast I brought this up on but there's an app called Too Good To Go that gives you really cheap food <laughs> it's I'm not in any way related to anyone who owns this app I just really like the app so I'll, I'll plug the app why not it's um it's for people who are throwing throwing food away they, they put their food on Too Good To Go and if you're in an area that has got a Greg's nearby then you can pretty much guarantee you can get three pound Greg's so um so that yeah and then I have a podcast called Bitchin that I do with Tilly Steele who's also appeared on this podcast and that's part of the Great Big Al family as well as you so so check that out as well as the app too good to go. Thank you for listening to this episode of It's an S Pod Thing. It was edited by Alex Blondek with music by William Kitchener. If you enjoyed the podcast and want to let us know that we're your number one, please subscribe and leave us a good review. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.